it is now like they walk through the door they've got seven bjj black belts on the mat they've got uh, three UFC stars, they've got a Bellator star, they've got Cage Warriors title contenders, they've got European Brazilian Jiu Jitsu champions. Yeah, yeah. They, cool. they, they genuinely don't know how lucky they are now because when we were doing it back in, in the early 2000s, you were learning off VHS videos, there was no YouTube, you know, <laughs> searching uh, for people. Yeah, and... you'd, you'd go to seminars when you could. Um, it's all on the doorstep now so thank you for tuning in and this week's podcast is sponsored by effect electrical for your electrical needs he also specializes in car chargers and also sponsoring this video is tech security so for your security needs check him out if you need cameras gates barriers etc uh, both their links will be tagged in the bio of this video so head on over and enjoy the podcast <laughs> Experience Real Podcast. Rightio. Thank you very much for coming in, Rich. First of all, I uh, wanted to have you in today, just just have a general chat, really, and just see how you're getting on. And So you've opened up like a, a new gym now. and Was it this year or last year now you opened? It's just over a year. No, November, what are we in, 20? Yeah, 2019. So a big step, went really well. New year was brilliant, January, February, and then obviously... Um, the madness started yeah. in March, and we were closed down then from March till August. Uh, we're back open now, obviously with um, with, with restrictions, but it, it's it's going well. We're, yeah. we're not as busy as the January to March period at the beginning of the year, but but you know we're busy enough. But we, we you know we need we need normality just to start paying some bills. If I'm honest, yeah, that's it, mate. Well, I think to be fair, like your unit, I've had a look like online and everything looks really professional. So I think yeah. like everyone's kind of going through the same thing at the minute, aren't yeah. they? So I'm like. I hope for you, you know, when things turn around now and it'll get, it'll pick yeah, up again. It, it, it couldn't come at a worse time. Um, obviously, Jack signed for the UFC September 2019, so it was a real surge with the, the, the business. Moving into a new premises, we were like three, four months setting it up. Re, you know, real purple patch up to Christmas, but then January, poof, you know, we, we like tripled our members from yeah. the original place. Um it is what it is, you know. It'll it'll come and it'll go, and we'll still be we'll still be here at the end of it with fingers fingers yeah. crossed. Oh, I'm sure you will, mate. And like, come this January, I'm sure you'll have a bit of a pickup again. Like January is when you tend to get your members yeah. in and everything. If, if, they, if they let us open, the thing is always. I think we're gonna have a fire break after Christmas again, so I think it'll be middle of January before we can open our doors. Yeah, that, possibly. that's my gut feel. I hope I'm wrong, um, but I just don't know at the moment. Ah, it, oh, it's, it's disheartening, though, isn't it? It is. It, I hope, like, they kind of come around to the thinking of gyms are essential because they, they really are, aren't they? Like, to, to, to be fair, the the new tier system have allowed all the gyms to stay open in England, haven't they? So, they have, yeah. F- fingers crossed. But again, you know, we, we, we are predominantly a martial arts club rather than a, a fitness suite. So we, we need... It's all right for the elite-level pros. We got signed off on them because we get them regularly um, COVID-tested and they say they live in, so they're allowed to train. But, you know, you only do so many solar drills in jiu-jitsu and yeah. um so many solar drills in tie boxing you know we we, we, we creatures where we, we we need contact and the sport we do we need contact if we're going to evolve in it so yeah you know sorry for the top level pros but you know the the amateur and the grassroots and the guys coming through we need a little bit more a little bit more freedom to do what we need to do yeah we don't end up like in years to come having that gap do you we no, you know we've lost a year haven't we already yeah. so you know let, let's get it back to normal in yeah, sort of 2021 we can have some some yeah, sanity yeah. and somebody will 
with, with a bit of rationale, we'll make a decision that's suitable for everybody, fingers crossed. Hopefully, because like they've shown, haven't they? I think they've proven the transmission rates in gyms is like really minimal. So we, we, we have like hundred odd a, a day through the door between the fitness suite and, and, and the classes. And we've got a track and trace system. Everybody signs in. Everybody's temperature checked. Um, everybody walks through our door. It's logged. We've got the, the barcodes up on the wall as well for the mobile phones. And, we, you know, we, we've had one student, uh, sorry, two students that have that have picked up a positive, but not from training gym. Unfortunately for us, they hadn't been to the gym for, for over seven days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Le- leading up to that. So, you know... If anybody's going to catch it, we should be catching it because we've got good numbers coming through. Myself in particular, like in the day I work in a school, so 1,700 kids, 200 staff, you know, and we are adhering um, to the guidance by the, by the government, you know, staff are in masks in corridors, in lessons. But let's be honest, there's a lot of contact, a lot of chaos, you know, in, in interacting with lots and lots of different people. And then I've got the gym and I've had 10 COVID tests because of the UFC and Cage Warriors and, yeah. and, and I've touched wood, I've remained... Uh, remain negative every time so that's good news long, long may it continue yeah. but you know I, I you know we clean everything people are sensible if they are feeling ill they stay from the gym you know i'd say a pub or a restaurant is probably a far far worse breeding oh, ground for for illness than than a gym yeah. e- even before this i think gyms were you know we, we are conscious we're mopping the mats every night because you're conscious of skin infections the fitness suite you know whoever was using it wiped the machines down after they yeah, used yeah. it it's, it's, it's just natural what people do in gyms. So I don't think it's a new thing where oh, gyms are now clean and health. It's always been that way. So it, it baffles me sometimes, the, the, the rationale. Eat out to help out. So let's send out to McDonald's. Send oh, that shit pisses me off. Yeah, like. you know, <laughs> how about giving the, the, the leisure industry some incentives? Right, well, we'll pay somebody half their membership for six months. Well, be, how it, much healthier a lot better. are they going to be to be able to combat yeah. coronavirus when they catch it if they've been training in the gym? Yeah, agreed. Like, agreed. You know, they're going to be so much better off than if they've uh, had a few McDonald's because it's a lot, a lot cheaper, like. But yeah, therefore, you know. It's, it's not so they uh, they kind of pinned the blame on people going out too much, yet they were given incentives for you to go out. So, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> but you, you know, it's, um, and, and none of the, I'm, I'm, I'm all about consistency in my life, consistency in the gym, consistency in training, consistency with the job. There's no consistency in, in the decision-making, that's right. You yeah. know, um, I'd love to sit down with some of these politicians in the assembly and I could pick holes in everything that they've they've made a decision on. I mean, I, I've got a caravan in Tenby. They shut every caravan park down, even private. But like, I, I got a caravan or a private park. There's probably less chance of me catching or bumping into anybody down there by being solo in a caravan than it, but no. Than being shut, at home, like it's the yeah, same thing, isn't it? Shut the caravan parks down, but let's open the schools. Yeah, I know. None of it sense. like adds up, yeah. does it? And it doesn't. You know, they're not track and tracing supermarkets. You can go in any supermarket. You haven't got to sign in. You haven't got to sign yeah. out. How many people pass through Tesco's or Asda? I know, it's nuts, isn't it? How many people have picked the tin of beans up and put it back down? And then I've picked that tin of beans up. I totally it, agree. It, 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 it doesn't make sense. Doesn't I know. Sense. I know. And it's really weird that you, you you put your trust, like, don't you, in these people? Yeah. That they're going to make the right decisions. <laughs> but there we are. Like, you, you could spend, we could spend, like, hours speaking oh, about that. Going, but... Don't start me off, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up once, I mean... You said you said you got a job in a school as well. I didn't know yeah. that. You work, work a day job as well. Yeah, I work it? a day job. I'm um, a behaviour manager at Lannister High School in Cardiff. So my, my entire role, I've been doing that for twelve years between different schools. Worked in Porthover under Ken and Taff for a couple of years. I was in um, school called Maria Macklow in Ely in Cardiff, and I've been in this school now for for three years. So the role just entails dealing with kids with 
behavior, behavioral issues, with emotional issues, with family issues. So, like, I'm the central point for the police social services, and I That's don't teach it, yeah. just just dealing with vulnerable kids. I, I bet that kind of ties in well with building relationships in the gym and vice yeah, versa, doesn't it? Well, I got into the role because you know, twelve years ago, I was I was doing a lot of work with the youth offending service, so they were putting um, young lads that had come out of uh, a young offenders institute who were at risk of going to prison and they were putting them on six to 12 week programs at the gym and we ran a brilliant turnaround I think when we'd done the stats on the people that come to us it was like 97% never re-offended really? yeah it was a really good turnaround but they've got to have that interest you know um, in the martial arts no good sending somebody has got no interest in it and the youth worker kept nagging like, you need to go back to because I, you know I left school with no qualifications go back to university do do your youth worker course and there's, you, you'd be ideal working in a school doing this sort of thing so I did, I went back to Open University, done it for a year, um, quite a few jobs come up under a European Union funded scheme over in Rwanda and I played, um, and I was the least educated academically, but the skills I had from, yeah. from working with some challenging lads in the gym, to be honest, uh, see me thrown, and I've been, you know, been doing it for 12, it suits the gym as well, you know, it's eight, eight till three every day, 39 weeks a year, um, the agreement I've had with every school for the last two anyway is that if, uh, if I've got guys fighting on cage warriors with UFC and I need the week off, I take it off with, without oh, pay. That's cool, yeah. So I've got a really good relationship with the you know, the head and the, the governors at the school I'm in at the moment and uh, they're very flexible with me. So it, it works. It There's works a lot, well. lot to be said yeah. for that in it and on its own like and Yeah, that's cool. That's, a, that's my role as well, you know, knowing the fact that you I love seeing people who like obviously got really busy schedules and manage it well and like it must, it must take its toll. I suppose, like time to time, doesn't it? But yeah. um, you know, it it, it 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 is time consuming, but I enjoy it. You know, I'd be a life. I, I enjoy the day job with the school, and I and I love the gym life. It's, I've just got to keep the balance happy with the wife as well. Hence, me, <laughs> hence, hence the caravan saves my ass a lot of the time. But I've been struggling a bit this year. But the lockdown um, has proven to her that she's glad that I'm out. A lot of the time, I think, if you got each other's <laughs> news, we lock up performance. So, yeah, I'll just keep you on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, yeah, I think you need that breakaway, though, don't you, sometimes? And that's what everyone's missing this year, because I know, like, when you're stuck around the house, you're always looking at things you need to do, aren't you? And yeah, she, she'll have me working, mate, don't worry, so... Yeah, keeping a yeah. list of tasks in front of you, is it? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you got this new facility now, but I wanted to, like, take it back a little bit to, like, where it all begun for you with martial arts. Um... If we want to go back to the very beginning, I mean, as a young kid, I'd done, I'd done judo when I was around about eight, nine years of age. Done that for a couple of years. Uh, fell out of love with it. Played football then for, for, for most of my younger days. Yeah. Uh, worked in a in a pub and there was some doorman on the on the pub. One was a black belt in judo, one was a black belt in karate. A gentleman called Reese Long, who's passed away, unfortunately, the last couple of years. Uh, and a gentleman called Steve Amon. They used to run classes three times a week. I suppose in, in those days you could classes a bit of mixed martial arts because some stand-up with the pads and yeah. boxing, and then we were doing some judo and, and very limited grappling. Uh, and I'd done that for quite a few years. You know, I was attending the classes regular, really enjoying it. Um, and in, in my mind, I was like, oh, you're quite, quite, quite a tough nut. I'm, I can look after myself. I'm doing this three times a week. And uh, I bumped into an old, old school friend, but guy, he trains with me even to this day, Steve Jane, who's like the most inoffensive guy. You know, he's, he's a beast on on the mat, but he, he's not an aggressive person by nature. Yeah. And I seen him on the leisure centre one day, we were both training, and he said, are you still training with the boys? Yeah, do you fancy having a grapple? And I, th- I walked into this room, 100% confident, oh yeah, we'll have a grapple, and I was going to have a, and he absolutely annihilated <laughs> me. I mean, I was getting choked out, I was getting arm barred, I couldn't breathe, I felt like it was, you know, you, you see the old adage, you, 
if, you, if you're in with a good jujitsu guy and, you're in, and away of the sport, you feel like you're drowning. That's exactly how it felt. Yeah. Couldn't get my breath. So, you know, we, we've done this for about three minutes and I've given up after three minutes because I can't breathe. He submitted me endlessly. Like, what, what are you doing? So it's jujitsu. And that was my introduction to jujitsu. So I started training at a, a traditional club. Uh, when I arrived there the first day, it was a sparring day. And it was full of kids, if I'm honest, probably and, and full of adults. I was I was about 29, I think, 28, 29 at the time. And there's a, a load of kids there, 14, 15. There was a very young Joe Duffy who was in the UFC. Who had a good, yeah, 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 he was yeah, age cool. of 14, 15, Joe would have been. And these kids who were doing five-minute rounds were submitting me, submitting. And, and, and that sort of experience, and I've said this many times when I've had interviews, will make or break an individual. Even though I see it in the gym, somebody will come in, the eagle won't allow them to, to deal with the fact that you need to, you need to learn the art. So I've come from there, frustrated more than anything, thinking, Jesus Christ, these kids have just annihilated me. I was <laughs> genuinely, I was on 14 year old boys. So you can walk from that situation, right, I'll go back to the, the doorman and I'll continue doing what we were doing there, or I'll, I'll lose my ego and, and this is something I need to learn. And, and that was it. I started training five days a week. I was addicted to it. Um, and my first competition after six weeks. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I entered a novice tournament up in Harry for the jiu-jitsu, traditional jiu-jitsu tournament. I won that. And the adrenaline that came with that competition, because I was terrified. I remember going up there feeling okay, and then 20 minutes before I actually had to go on the mat, I could have quite easily have said, no, I'm, go I'm going to go home now. I'm not going to do it. Forced myself to do it. And the adrenaline after was like nothing. And, and I was hooked. That was it then. I was traveling around the country. I was driving up to Birmingham on a regular basis training every night of the week so like this this class had gone in I was there and everybody was there soon my, my level started yeah. catching up and surpassing a lot of the guys because of the the commitment dedication on it. And so started started with traditional jiu-jitsu started doing the the old-fashioned no headshot MMA and then I just progressed to you know MMA with headshots and um, back in uh, I think 2007 I went to I went to Germany I got picked for the traditional Jiu-Jitsu British team went out for the World Championships and I took a gold medal out there and I came back and I just made a decision to open my own gym on the back, of, the oh, back end of that. Yeah, so oh, um, awesome. 2008 is when Talady Combat started, which is now show mixed martial arts. So when we started, looking for a venue, um, there was a nightclub. I don't know if you if you boys probably too young to remember. There's a, quite, quite a famous nightclub in Apley called The Arena. Right. Quite a notorious place, you know. But underneath there's a couple of rooms under the cellar and I approached the owner, and he gave me a eight meter by four meter room, and that was that was our first gym. We had about twelve of us in there training. Soon that was like twenty twenty five. I then took took on a little unit after twelve months, actually on the same site where my my new gym is. Um, we were there for a twelve month, and then we moved to Blind, and we were there for eight nine years, and then obviously the success with the lads getting in the UFC um, has meant that we moved into a, a you know yeah. what, what I would call now a state of the art facility. That's wicked, isn't it? Yeah, like so it's mad, isn't it? Starting in like a twelve, twelve years. It was twelve years from starting off under a, a, a little cellar, you know, probably twice the size of this this, this studio um, to where we are now. So yeah. you know, it's, it's it's not a long time. Twelve years. It seems it. You know, if you say what you're going to do in twelve years' time, it seems a, a lifetime away. But it's it's gone in a flash. It's a lot of growth, isn't it? A lot of growth. And you know, 2016, Marshman got in the UFC, so I was a big a big thing for the club. Um, uh, and it was justification for all the sacrifice we made. You know, we'd we'd gone out on the road. We were competing on all the domestic shows, and our reputation built. And you know, we are where we are now. We, you know, yeah. one of the most successful in Europe at the moment. Yeah, I can remember like Jack getting into the UFC and whatever, and it was like a massive thing was huge, locally huge. around you, yeah. wasn't it? Because 
he's one of the first Welsh yeah, guys. I, I'd even go. I think after Jack won his um, debut back in 2016, you've got to argue he's one of the most recognisable faces in, in, in Welsh sport. You know, he's invited down to the BBC Sport Awards. Um, BBC News were doing interviews. HTV News were doing interviews. Yeah. Uh, BT Sports were doing. You know, uh, he was with Ricky Hatton doing a, a breakdown of some UFC bouts and boxing. You know, so it, it really lifted. Um, I think everybody's uh, views and, and knowledge in, in, in MMA. You know, whereas a lot of people, you know, we're, we're still far from mainstream. But I think in Wales now we've got a, a really good following for the yeah. lads that are doing well, like Sir Brett. Jack Marshman, Jack Sean, and, and John Phillips. Even Lou Long at Bellator, Mason Jones, now was just yeah, something for yeah. as well. I bet for the boys in the gym as well, it was a bit of a lift because they could it, see it where was, they could it, go, it, wasn't it? it for, for me, it was it was just such a, a justification of, um, you know, I, I, I'll tell you straight, I'm very, I'm very, I, you know, my wife will say I'm controlling, you know, with, I've got to be in control of everything, but that's just how it is. And it's worked because I've brought in different coaches, but I've always remained the boss and it's been my way. And if people didn't like it my way, I was always the first to say, well, you need to find another gym because this, and I had faith in, I had faith in what we were putting in place. And I really, you know, I used to say to them all the time, if you stick with us, we're going to get somebody in that USC and then it'll explode. And I, and I was bang on. Once Marshman got in, the door started opening yeah. for, for quite a few individuals. Cage Warriors has been a massive help for the area mind. You know, they have given televised bouts um, at the next level down from Cage Warriors and a lot of them guys are moving on, you know, to, to bigger things with the UFC. So it, it was just such a just game. When he got in, it was like, Yes, and it also, as you said, everyone in that gym was saying to we're at a place where this is now an achievable dream. That's possible, you know? isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It opens a door in their minds, Yeah, of course it? it does. Of course it does. Like, there's something to be said, I think, for someone like yourself now who's took it on board of this is the way it's happening and sticking with it, even if you, you don't really know. In your head, you know, but, like, no one else believes yeah. it. But just sticking with your gut in it, I think it's so much... It is, and um, the, the results domestically were, you know, we had... Um, Chris Edwards was the first one to sign the uh, Cage Warriors, and you know he was setting it. We had Martin McDonough was up there like top top ten in the, in, in the European uh, rankings. Marshman was Bama champion. He then went on to be a Cage Warriors champion. Um, we had a real strong core lads at, at that time competing, but also like the youngsters coming through. I had a lot of young boys like our Jack was for for example, a couple of the younger lads coming through. And then more and more people were. Seeing what we were doing on the local circuit, so that you know, success obviously attracts attracts yeah, extra yeah. fighters. Then, so no, it's, it's it's great. You know, when we look back, we started off with a team of twelve, and we've got a team of in excess of a hundred now. So oh, yeah, but it's mad. Yeah, isn't it? it is mad. When You've I'm got sick. to sit back sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes take a when you reflect you, on yeah. it, it's like it's, it's mind blowing in such a short period of time as well. Twelve weeks, you know. And now we got a gym. The count, you know, caters for everything. Like if you come there on a Monday or Wednesday, we've got UFC stars mixing with fifteen-year-old. Prodigies coming through, mixing with fifty-year-old men that are just here for a little bit of fitness and self-defense. Yeah. With elite-level BJJ fighters, have got no intention of doing stand-up um, or, or, or MMA. So it's a real, uh, a real mix of, of characters. You know, we got school teachers, we got accountants, we've got um, ex-prisoners, uh, fire service. We have police occasion coming through, all training under one mat, and uh, it's brilliant for these youngsters to come through because when they look at some of the lads that have been borderline going to prison and looking how successful they are now, yeah. you know, it, it, it keeps them on the right track. It keeps them on the right yeah. track. It gives them a, a, an aspiration and a dream to aim for. Yeah, that, that's why I like Sean coming in here with the BKB because obviously he's had like tough times for his life and whatever and he, he was interesting as well how he's kind of like turned Sean, himself Sean's around. a good guy. I've known Sean since he was a young lad and he's always been, you know, 
Sean's as, as tough a man you'll 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 ever meet, you know. And I think if he'd stuck at MMA, he'd have been a really successful MMA. You know, yeah, he, he, he had his tough times, which he's all honest about. You know, with, with prison, but since he's come out, you know, he's had a he's got a young family. He's he, he's living with his girlfriend, his his two little girls. He's ploughed it hundred and ten percent into into the BKB, and his success is is justified. You know, and yeah. he's a he's a different guy now. If you speak to him now, to when you know, if you've known him when we knew him ten years ago, he, he was a wild character, Sean. Yeah, he's still got a wild sight to him now, but you know, he's channeled it in a really positive way, and. Um, you know, he's fighting it tonight and I wish him all the best. He's somebody that I always want to do well. Yeah, me too, mate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him and I, I hope he wins as well. Like, you know, he's, he's a great guy. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? It's a mad sport though, isn't it, the BKV? Yeah, Sean Train with me at the traditional club I was on eight years ago. So yeah. he done some MMA. He fought, fought on a few cards that I fought as well. He's, he? Yeah, Sean's fought MMA. Yeah. I think he won the grappling strike. Um, well, the way tell him. Sure, yeah, yeah, he did on the same card as me. He won a, the British title in, in MMA, so... You know, he's been around a long time, Sean. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good character. I've seen some uh, videos of you online. It looked like it was MMA, but it was like an open mat. On a mat, yeah. That, yeah, was, that, that would have been 2000, 2001, 2002. And, and that's what MMA was back yeah. then. You know, there's no cages at the, in the early days. It was open mat space. Then they started bringing in boxing rings. And then um, I remember Cage Warriors and Ultimate Combat, which were uh, leading shows back then. You know, Cage Warriors still the biggest now, but Ultimate Combat, they... And they had cages, and you couldn't wait. You know, it was a real novelty. It was a, it was a rawness back then. You know, because nobody knew what it was unless you were involved in it. Yeah. Um, it was exciting. You know, I, like I remember ordering all my kit from America because you couldn't get anything in the UK. Um, and I said to the kids, "Now you don't know how lucky you are. You know, I'd, I'd have to travel everywhere to to go and get tuition." Whereas now, like they walk through the door, they've got seven BJJ black belts on the mat. They've got uh, three UFC stars. They've got a Bellator star. They've got cage warriors title contenders, they've got European Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu champions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they, they genuinely don't know how lucky they are now because but when we were doing it back in, in the early 2000s, you were learning off VHS videos, there was no YouTube, you know. <laughs> Searching uh, for people. Yeah, you'd, you'd go to seminars when you could. Um, it, it's all on their doorstep now. So you, I think in another 10 years, you, I think you'll see some, some real dominant... Yeah, yeah, MMA fighters coming through the system. It's like a new breed as well now, isn't it? Yeah. Of, like it's mixed from the start. It is. It is a lot. A lot of guys from the early days, like me, I come from a traditional jujitsu background. You'd have guys coming from kickboxing. So a lot of the early events were similar. You know, even the grappling strikes back in the day were similar to the UFC events, where you'd have one-dimensional fighters and you know, or competing against each other. So yeah. now, like um, Jack Shaw is a perfect example. Somebody who, from a very young age, has learned every art. Yeah. Um, and, and he's a complete mixed martial artist. You know, he's not a weak side to his game. He's not weak on the floor. He's not weak in the rest. He's not weak in the, in the striking. And there's a lot of guys coming through. You know, Mason's a perfect example. He's come through as a kid that's been doing it a long time. Um, a lot of youngsters coming through uh, the circuit, not just from my gym, from from various gyms that have only known mixed martial arts. Yeah. You know, they, tra- they, they, they train all the different aspects, but they're in a place now where they can all be put together. And uh, it's, it's some real savages on, this, on the circuit, I think, are going to be big names in a couple of years. I bet, yeah. Like for for your gym now, and like for the local area, I bet it's great for these kids to have the option, isn't it? Because like, well, there's just nothing around years ago, was there? Yeah, and, and and it's lovely to see some of the youngsters. You know, they starstruck when you see the UFC lads in. But I keep saying to them about the, you know being fortunate. It's like the local football team. I say, I'm a lady football team or playing a football team. having an opportunity to play with the Premiership, or train once or twice a week with a, a Premiership level yeah, it's nuts, footballer. You know, it doesn't happen in any other sport. Yeah. Um, 
It's mad. It's it? surreal. It is, it is yeah. surreal. I think you see some of these kids, like how Jack takes a, a junior MMA class, and you can see, you can see he's got to meet out the palm of his hand because they, they're starstruck. Yeah, I suppose it, yeah, and yeah. I suppose it's similar to I know Ryan Giggs turning up at the local football club and saying, "Right, I'm going to take a session." Uh, you just don't see it happening no, that way around, so though, do you? <laughs> how, how these nine, ten year olds are, are going to develop? If they stick to the sport, it's going to be scary. I think in ten years' time. Yeah, it's one of the fastest like developed sports, isn't it? Like. I we, think. we we need a bit of mainstream, don't we? I mean, it's on BT Sports, but still, you know, you'll see McGregor will pop up on Sky Sports News occasionally, but it's few and far between. Like, I'd yeah. love to see, you know, particularly ITV Wales or BBC Wales, you know, touching on these stories a lot, you know. It, it, when Marshman got in and when Brett got in back in, in 2000, there was a real media surge with it, but I, I just feel it's flatlined, and I don't know, I, I can't yeah. work out... And, and, for me, it is one of the it's, it's one of the most watched watch sports in the world. You know, if you look at the viewing figures, I think USC now has overtaken NFL oh. as the highest watch sport worldwide. So yeah. why the UK is still not buying into that? I can't wait. Why Sky Sports haven't got involved, or even one of the the terrestrial channels? Yeah, you know, I, I just showing highlights. It doesn't make sense. Everyone like my age, like Al now, for, for example, like we're obsessed. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think once you start watching it, nothing else quite compares. Yeah, like, in my so, opinion, it's just. I don't know, something so raw about it, isn't it? Just, and I yeah. think, like... But, uh, you know, people say, oh, yeah, it's massive. It's, it's not massive. Like, I work in, um, go, go back to my day job, then work in a school. 200 adults here working. And I'll guarantee you, probably 180 have no idea what MMA is. Yeah. Genuinely, you know, a couple have been in the staff, and you know, oh, so somebody said that uh, you, you run... A, oh, yeah, my, 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 uh, my niece does taekwondo. Do you, do you know what... Um, it's a totally different sport. Yeah. They have no understanding of it. No do you do UFC? That's what yeah, people are asking. Yeah, yeah, it. Like, yeah. That's my favourite. Do you do UFC? Yeah. <laughs> and I, to be honest with you, it's only really, like, I got on board probably when McGregor started popping up. McGregor's like, as, been great for the sport. He, he has, he's, yeah. he's brought into the households. You know, anybody who criticises McGregor needs, needs to have a look at himself because a lot of these lads have got, you know, the new generation are aspiring to be like him. Um He's brought in the mainstream island. It's a mainstream sport now. There's no so bet, you know, you, you, you talk to anybody and they all know what MMA is. We need to put that into the other three nations, yeah. the Scotland, England and, and Wales more so. Um, yeah. the, the only thing that does get my gears is everybody's trying to be like McGregor. You know, be your own person. If that works for you and it's natural, you know, like um, we've got Oban Elliott now with Jim and he's, he's brilliant with the tongue, you know, he's sarcastic, he can be very sensible, he can trash talk, um, but it, it's natural and flows. It's not fake though, is it? You know, I always use old Jack. Imagine old Jack trying to trash talk. It just wouldn't work. It's just not who he is though, no, is it? Not, and, not. and to be honest with you, like all the respect for him staying how he is because you can easily like think, oh, if I do this, I'm going to get more money or more fame and no, stuff. I, but I, you just... Cage Warrior's done a brilliant job of marketing, marketing him as he is. Uh, uh, you know, the boy next door, the, the local Valley boy that's come good, that's humble, hasn't forgotten his roots, still lives yeah. he still lives in that lady, still trained. And I think there's a story to that, you know. There's a lot of people moving to bigger gyms, constantly thinking, oh, we've got to go to America, or we've got to go to London, or we've got to, we've got to try uh, uh, one of the more big established gyms. And we've proven we've got a formula that, that works. You know, you look at my place now, three guys in the USC, it's unbelievable. There's, yeah, there's four yeah. of them in, in Wales and three are training out of the gym. Lou Long visits us regular for, for sparring from Bellator, who's probably outside the USC, the most high-profile fighter we got in, in Wales. Um, I, I just think it's great that he's brought 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 up in the Valley, 
trains in the valley, lives in the valley, and he'll remain that way, I think, until he dies. So, yeah. you know, he's not going to change. And I think that's why the local community have so, so many have got behind him. I mean, sold the ice arena out, 4,500 oh, tickets. I, you I know. was there that night, he, uh, the last fight before the UFC, and it was amazing. It, it, was, like. it was the atmosphere. I said, I've not been to a UFC event apart from in Dublin. This even come close to that atmosphere. Yeah, it, it was it was off the chart when it, it was. It, it was crazy it, it in was there, mental. like yeah, you couldn't believe it at the end. You know, it, it, the, just to see how the nation came together and got behind him, unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. We, we'll always be grateful for that because you know there's people there spending hard earned money that we've never met that have turned up sporting, and it's it's just brilliant. It's just Thing brilliant. is, though, I think he is like relatable to people, isn't he? You know, and that, that's I think so, and he's approachable as well. You know, we went to a bloody show in um, a Cage Warriors event in London, uh, Night of Champions. I started working out the building because every like I, I still think of him as as Jack, you know, and anybody that knows him, you don't think of him as somebody as, as famous, you know. But until you go out to the areas, you do appreciate a little bit just how well known he is now, you know. Yeah, People yeah. Him, can I have a photograph? Can I have a photograph? It was non-stop training. We parked a car like two hundred yards away. It took us about an hour to get there. Never again, is yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mate, it's, it's good though, isn't it? It's good, like you know. It, to be honest with you, that has drawn like me and my mates in more, knowing that there's someone local who's yeah. doing it and. It's just great to see, isn't it? It is, and and, and like I say, relate to it. I mean, what what we got in the South Wales Valley? It's not a lot. We got you got your rugby teams. Not a lot of them are successful since the regional development. So I think it's given them, you know, since Joe Calzaghe, um at the peak of his career, we've been looking for that that Welshman to try and as a nation get behind. So fingers crossed, you know, we'll have a, a bit of success with Jack. You know, Brett's just signed for Bellator as well, and I really believe in eighteen months he's going to be world champion there. Yeah, um, he's definitely got the capability. Yeah, and, I, and, and I think the the country will come together and get behind him with it as well. Yeah, yeah. Because who was first Welshman in UFC? Was it Brett? Marshman was, was the first one Marshman. signed. Brett signed like a couple of days later. Um, so on the statistics, Marshman's the first Welshman to be signed with UFC. Brett was the first to fight because he was earlier on on the card uh, in, in in Northern yeah. Ireland. So Brett Brett's got the accolade of the first Welshman to fight on a card, but Marshman the first one to be signed. Yeah, no, it's wicked though, isn't it? And it's great that because Brett wasn't always training with you guys. Was no, he? Brett, he was... Brett trained down in Swansea with Chris Reese for for years and years. Um, came over to us. He's got to be about a year ago. He's he's pop, him and Jack have always trained. Like oh, Jack have idolised Brett since a very young age, you know. And Brett's been brilliant with him, been a real role model for him. You know, if 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 you want a role model in MMA, if somebody on how to act, Brett's your man. Do you know what I mean? He does everything. He's approachable. He's great on an interview. Always got time for people. He conducts himself well. Trains like a Trojan. Turns up. He's humble yeah. in defeat. Humble in victory. You know, he's a real role model for everybody. Being a great asset to our team, and just you know, you could sell tickets to watch him and Jack Spar. Yeah, you know, the, they just raising each other's game constantly, constantly, constantly. Um, he's a he's a real good asset, you know, and I think. When you see him fighting Bellator as well, I think the fact that he's been training on a, a day, daily basis with Jack, you see a, another level to his game as well now in Bellator. And I think they're in for a shock, some of them bantamweights over there. I think, yeah, um, I think he's going to do well. I think yeah. a few of them fancy their chances, but they'll see a they'll see a different side to his game a little bit as well. Yeah, I can't wait. I don't know if there's... Is there any news on Bellator? Have they done any events in the UK yet? No, they've they've done one in... The last one was in Paris, and again, it was um, a closed-door event. Oh, I think I've seen Lou yeah, Long's fight on Lou that, was on yeah. there. Uh, Ross Houston, who was a former Cage Warriors champ, was on there. Um, so I, I just think the nature of the, the game is going to be it's going to be behind closed doors events until this vaccine comes in and we're allowed crowds back yeah it seems that way doesn't it and yeah it's nuts isn't it I, th- I think they probably won't let you in unless you 
you've definitely had it as well. Yeah, like, there's going to be some uh, sort of card or something. In there, I, I think I think we'll all be badging it to having it one way or other. I think I don't think you'll be allowed out of the country without it. I don't think you'll be, as you said, allowed at public events yeah. unless you've had it. How are they going to manage and police that? I don't know, but I think that's what's coming. Yeah, definitely. Well, you see it like in America now. They've got, I think they've got like Amazon stores or something where you go in, pick up what you want, walk out, and it charges you as you walk out the door. Like you don't even, you don't even have to like tap your card or anything. They, oh, well, got, there'll be no choice. <laughs> it'll only be fighting left for humans before long <laughs> because the computers will be doing everything else. I, think. I know you won't have to do anything. Will you? Yeah, that's that's the one company that's doing all right at the minute is Amazon. Isn't it? Amazon, it's record sales, isn't it? Bloody hell. We should check a couple of bottles of sponsorship. Hook the boys up, innit? Yeah. Amazon, if you're listening, you know, you're looking to sponsor a local uh, MMA team, <laughs> drop me an email, richardshortyahoo.com. <laughs> it's class. Yeah, mate. It's, uh, I'm glad it's like going well for you as well. And I think like you're only going to go like strength to strength with the gym, I'm sure. It's... Yeah. I mean, disappointing. It's been a bad year all round. I mean, so, so we were due to fight in London in March. And a week before, I think it was less, six days before the event, lockdown hit. Yeah. They cancelled the event. So Marshman uh, and, and Jack Shaw were due to fight there. Brett was due to fight two weeks later. Cancelled, no fights. So then there's a lockdown. We're, we're waiting on permission to let the pro athletes train. We, we finally had that come through. Um, then it was Abu Dhabi. That was, you know, some people say, oh, it must have been a brilliant, it wasn't a brilliant experience. It was, it was a drain. You know, drive to London, isolate for 48 hours in London, in a hotel room on your own, not even with your teammates. Security patrolling the hotel. Yeah. If you're caught outside, you're sent home. If your test was negative, put straight on a, on a bus, shuttle to a private entry in, in Heathrow Airport, onto the Emirates plane, fly over, shuttle straight to the hotel, you test it, put in your room, another tw- uh, 48 hours. So... In essence, it's five. If you take into the flight and the travel, it was it was five days of isolation, which means five days of no running. And a week before a fight, this is an ideal. Five weeks of no running, um, five weeks of not having an ideal situation for your food. Uh, couldn't do no you know, pad work, nothing. So these boys are in the in the room doing skipping, doing circuits, and it affected both. It was a tough weight cut for Brett and Jack. Usually we got it on point, but it was. You know, for Jackson in particular, who relies on that running in the lead up to, yeah. to a weight cut, um, it was we, you know, as always, a profession we made the weight, but it was a tough cut. Couldn't do a lot out there. It was in a bubble. It, it was boiling hot outside. I mean, literally, you would walk outside, and within two minutes, you start sweating. So you, it's, it's not like you could go sightseeing or viewing anyway. Yeah. So it was a case of once I was up, it was training hard, working twice as hard as you normally would, trying to get the the weight on point. Then there's no sauna. You've yeah. only got these zip up, you know, these steam yeah, bags yeah, that you can buy. Suit things. So you've got this sit, sit in. Again, they're not ideal because they steam, and you, it, it gives you a false sense of how much sweat has come off. Like in a sauna, it's a dry, it's a dry heat. You can see. So it's I can you, see if, it's, if if you're wet, I know you're sweating. So then we've scrapped them. We've we, right. Let's get in the bath. Um, and the last pound for Jack, oh, it, it, it was never ending, never ending. But you know. The experience as a whole, it was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. We, we, you know, made history, part yeah. of the first ever fight island. It's great. Goes another thing to go on our record books. And I suppose as um, a resilience theory is Jack and Brett will never have another week as tough as that, I don't believe. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It shows know, everything you know, in the I don't future. know. We can't wait. Two, two fights, two wins. The result, the end result, absolutely brilliant. So that, that's great. We've come, we've come from a high. They then set... Um, 
jack up for a, a fight November the 7th. He turns up to the embassy. I said he was in the embassy. with was uh, Kel Brook, the boxer, who just right. recently fought. They sat in the embassy waiting for the visa uh, application. To go and, and someone was coming up and just kicked everybody out, these, out, out of the embassy. So no rhyme or reason, no excuse. Everybody needs to leave now. We were then told August 2021 would be the next appointment. What? That's so UFC pulled some strings, managed to get us a, a visa appointment. I think it was the 2nd of November. He was due to fight on 7th, so we had to pull that. So then they replaced him on the 21st card. We had two or three opponents. We we agreed to everyone. Then there was a injury or a reason why they couldn't fight. And literally we were like, Eight days out, and I, I've pulled the plug. I said, "Listen, if you can't, they just couldn't find him anyone." Yeah, you know. And it, by, by that point, because he was due to fight on the seventh, he was in camp fifteen weeks of dieting, training six days a week. It takes his toll. Sooner or later, you've got to say enough's enough. So we pulled on that again. That was another disappointment for two thousand and twenty. It's been a bad year. Um, Brett had a nice positive. You, you know, people may see it as a negative, but for us as a team, it was a real positive. It was our choice. UFC offered him a contract. Um, we weren't happy with the the details of the contract, so we we tested freedom of a it's called freedom of contract where you can go to other organisations. You'll get a, an offer off those. You've then got to give the UFC an opportunity to to, to match it, yeah. or they've got to allow you to leave. Um, and Bellator, you know, I won't talk the money, but Bellator came in and, and doubled what the oh, UFC had offered. It was an incredible, it's a life changing offer for him. Yeah, you definitely. Know, I after after you know, if he sees out this contract. You know, he can live comfortably. So I'm over the moon that he's got that. He's he's a good lad. He's, like I said, he, he's a role model in the sport. Nobody works harder, and I'm over the moon. And at the end of this contract, he's 28, I think, so he'd be 30. Should he be Bellator champion, there's such a bargaining tool then if the oh, USC did want him back. Yeah, you know, but yeah. I think Bellator will look after him, and, and he may not even want to go back to the USC. So. They, they seem to, don't they? They seem to uh, do really yeah. well with their fighters. So and... He's got, he's, you know, Brett's had a real positive there. Um, and we're hoping now for beginning of March for for, for both guys, Jack, uh, Jack in USC and, and Brett in Bellator. I suppose it's handy to try and match them up, is it? Yeah. So they're both like at the same stage. Yeah, it's a good training camp then. If we can get them two weeks apart as well, it means that we fly up with Jack for a week, or Brett, whoever's first, and we come back, finish off the camp then with... Uh, Fortunately, we've got a good team of, of coaches and we've got a lot of experienced pros. So if, if me and Carl disappear for a week, and Carl, Carl's my, um, my assistant coach, you know, we're... Huge impact on the gym since he's been there. Uh, there's plenty of lads that can hold the fort for a week or so. Yeah. so it's not the end of the world. I think one of my mates used to train with him a little bit. Scott Lewis. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's no. uh, over in Blenavon. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, like Richie. Yeah. Is it? Do you know Richie who trains over there? Richie oh man, the Richie the wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. Rich. Yeah, still going now. Yeah, he's hip, classy. He is. Hip, hip replacement uh, <laughs> and still, you know, in his fifties and still. He means he's sixty. Rich is he? Fifty? Probably. Probably sixty. I'd love to speak to him in here because I. He used to train up the He'd have some stories, oh, yeah. Oh, he's great, yeah. he is. And uh, great just guy. see him doing great his guy. own thing. He's and, he, and he's still still on the map with the youngsters, having a, yeah. you know, you've got to look after him with his hip, but you don't want to let him get all your collars <laughs> if you've got the gear on. You, you know, at 60, you'll still choke him unconscious. When I was training up the manor at the gym, I was just lifting weights and everything. And he'd always try and just do like a bit of wrestling. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, help me out with this. But yeah, I think yeah, he was yeah. just, he was always trying to entice me. Like, oh, come up, come up. Like, yeah, he's a good guy. He's yeah. a nice fella. He's, yeah, he's, and yeah. then still going, you know, so fair play to him. But Carl, Carl has brought like 20 odd years of experience in wrestling, MMA and, uh, and judo. And he's taken our, not just our offensive wrestling, our defensive wrestling. He's very, very, like myself, old school MMA based. Um, and he's a huge reason why we got so, such a successful team. You know, I, I don't discount Carl's input at all. He's 
he's been absolutely brilliant for us. Yeah. No, that's good, isn't it? It's good. Like, that's what it's about is the structure, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. We got a guy from your neck of the woods, from Crickell, um Crew Heem. He's from Thailand originally. I don't know. I, I kind of, I've met him before. He lives in Cumdee, doesn't he? Is I'm not it, sure. I, he's from I think he's moved now to Hereford, but he, he's a Crickell right, guy yeah. originally. But, uh, you know, here's another story. From, I'm taking a Tuesday night class, which I was striking, and this this little fella turns up, like, and he's not the he's not the biggest guy in the world, Keem. And uh he's with this old older guy from, from Crick Island and he's oh hiya mate. He says, um my mate's moved over from Thailand and he's looking to do a bit of coaching. I said, All right. I said, What what experience you got? And he goes, Oh, I was one of the head coaches at AKA Thailand. I'm thinking, Christ, that's one of the biggest gyms in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have it regular, you know, I have every boxing coach come in and offer they're full of shit, you know. And I'm so I was like, Yeah, whatever, mate. Um so he came, oh yeah, well, yeah, 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 trained for years, you know, have had any, yeah, yeah, 130 pro fights, and I'm thinking, oh, really, mate, you know, you, and you've landed in the valleys, I, I'm not Isn't having it, it you know? <laughs> he said, I said, what's your name, so he, I still can't say his name, he said, Somkiat Chachu, he said, but they call me Heem, H-E-M, what I'll do, he said, I'll write my, my number down, I said, well, listen, come along next Tuesday, take the class, if I'm happy, we'll work something out, if you're happy, great, if you're not, nothing ventured, nothing gained, so I, He's walked off, and I'll be honest. Like one of the guys, oh, who's actually oh, some bullshit? He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's come from AKA Thailand. So anyway, I didn't take his, I didn't take his number. I give him my mobile. Me and Jack go home because Jack's still living with me at the time. And I, he says, type, type that guy into Google, see what comes up. I type into Google, and it's like page after page starts coming up. He's like <laughs> with Mark Hunt and uh, Mike Swick and quite a, quite an array of USC stars and. Um, Find his record, hundred and twenty plus professional tie fight. Oh Jesus Christ! I didn't take his mobile. I'm thinking it, it, the only <laughs> way to find this guy. Yeah, the, the, the only way to explain it is like um, being the coach of our lady football team was playing in like the Gwent County League, and ho- me not realizing Jose Marino's turned up and said, "Hey, mate, do you want do you want me to come and give you a hand with your your, your coaching?" Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it, it was that level. So fortunately, this was on the Tuesday. I'm flapping by Friday because he's not rang me. And I'm saying to Jack, right, we're going to have to drive to Crick Owl, wander around, start saying to people, do you know this little Thai guy? You know, have you seen him? Have you seen him around anyway? Because I thought, it can't be many Thai guys living in Crick Owl, right? There wouldn't be many, no. So fortunately, on a Saturday, he drops me a text. We still go for Tuesday. Yeah, brilliant. Got his number, sorted. He comes. And just watching that first session, I knew that he was a world-class coach. Just see it. Absolute the technique. You know, when I'm as finicky, you know, I'm always analysing. When I'm away with the UFC, I'll watch somebody warming up and I'm picking holes or paying compliments on, on technique and how they warm their fighters. And how they, so I'm watching this guy like a hawk, and for an hour and a half, he had me mesmerised, and I was thinking, we've had, a, we've had a result here. So I'm like, right, do you want to do this regularly? Yeah. And he's been such an asset. He's been with me now. Um, it's got to be two and a half, three, three years maybe. Yeah. Um, and the level of our striking has gone gone up tenfold just brought a new a huge so between us you know Carl has come in he's brought the wrestling up Heem has come in brought the tie, tie and the striking up and he's very MMA focused as well Heem so he studies MMA does a bit of jiu-jitsu so he understands what will work yeah. and what won't work um, and I just think we've got a complete setup now all under one roof but he is again he's been a godsend and, and he's a character you know uh, he's got that proper Thai culture about him, but he, he he's good crack, he gives the boys hell, yeah. you know, um, but he's been a brilliant addition to the team, so, you know, at the moment, coach coaching staff, um, I, I wouldn't change him for anybody else, and that's genuine, I would not, because the formula fits, you know, is it better striking coaches out there, maybe, but would he fit into our way of thinking, I don't think, it's, it's, massive it's a well, better wrestling and MMA, 
uh, an MMA coaches and Carl possibly would he fit into our mindset and our, our way yeah. of thinking I don't know are uh, the better jiu-jitsu coaches me yeah they probably is but I believe the mix that we've gone and we put it all together I put our team now against anybody in the world and that's not me being big headed or being above my station I've been around I've been doing the UFC for four years I've been in these changing rooms I've been travelling when we're abroad and they're not doing anything that's me thinking we need to get up to that level yeah. I, th I think in a couple of years you'll see and particularly with these young guns coming through that I got at the moment you know five, five six, seven years from now you, we'll, we'll have this conversation and we'll run it back and you'll be saying you were right we, we, I'm confident we'll have some high profile champions as well. yeah I can't wait to see the future mate for it I really can't it's, uh... yeah fingers crossed you know if it continues in the same trend as it has for the last five years we'll be alright we'll yeah alright. Could you put a name on who do you think is going to be next out of your camp to um, go into UFC? You know, we've got some talented pros here at the moment that are still young in the career. We've got Oban Elliott, who, who lost his last fight, but obviously, I won't, I won't go into the details, but did have some health issues. He'd be moving up a weight, and we're still waiting to see if, if he can actually fight again. You know, that, that's yeah, a reality. Yeah, I've seen that online. You know, yeah. uh, and that's for Oban to tell the story on that, on me. But we we, we got a um, hospital appointment now in December with some tests going to take place. Fingers crossed if things work out positive, as I'm, I'm really hopeful because we've sorted advice off different people. There's no reason if we have the positive and the green lights around these certain issues. Maybe March, April, we'd be looking at him coming back. I've got Jordan Peak again, has had no luck with injuries. He broke his shoulder. He was preparing for a cage while he was about back beginning of the year and broke his shoulder. So he's just had an operation. He's still in rehabilitation. He's another talent. Again, he's, he's lost his last fight, but... Sometimes these losses, all these kids need to, to move on to the next yeah. level. If you want to talk about some of the amateur, um, the amateur teams, you know, I got a couple of boys first turning pro: Scotty Pedersen, Jack Tucker, two lads with all the capability in the world of going as far as they want in the sport. You know, Josh Reed. Josh Reed puts a couple of wins together. No reason why why he couldn't get a USC contract either. Yeah. He's not had a lot of the rubber. You know, if you watch a Nathaniel Wood fight with Josh, oh, I know. you know, one one punch could have meant Nathaniel had gone out. And it could have been Josh on the back end of a UFC contract. I know, that was so close. That. It was yeah. literally like from Some, one end to the other with that fight. It's the most it was... viewed fight in Cage Warriors history. Is it? Yeah. yeah, I think it's had like 30 million views. I'm not surprised yeah. either. It was a, you couldn't believe it. It was literally, you were thinking, he's done it like. Yeah, Josh is fighting yeah. now two weeks. Two weeks yeah. Two weeks tonight. Two weeks is tonight, it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, is it getting? Is it getting? Yeah, Liam, yeah. tough guy, good, good, good guy. Comes from a good gym, really good stand up fight there. Be interesting fight. It's a 50 50 fight. That's how we've always taken these fights. But I'm confident if Josh turns up and is 100%, um, you know, we'll, we'll come away there with a win. But if if, you, if we talk about the youngsters coming through, um, I've got a few amateurs that I'm really positive about. i got a guy called Levi Batchelor that trains like a professional, works yeah. with the professionals. I could stick him into the professional division now and he'd have no issues at all. But again, he's been hit with the amateur scene this year. So I'd like him to have another year of banging out some amateur fights. I've got a guy called Kenzie Jones. Um another guy that's going to be an elite level athlete yeah. you know you watch these guys sparring with Jack and Brett they're not that level but they're managing to give them competitive rounds and they're 19 years of age yeah, I've got a mad, kid, another kid they're 19 oh he's 18 I think Kane Darcy um, Jack Beasley um, th these are lads that are, are going to now have a couple of good years at, at Amateur and I think we'll see really well rounded fighters and I've got one lad and I bring him up every interview I do and it, it makes his head swell, but Yoan <laughs> Thomas, he's a 15-year-old kid. He's 76 kilograms now. He's, he's had a growth spurt the last 12 months. Um, and I would, if I stuck him in a, a, a blue belt British Open Championship now, I'd be comfortable in becoming top th top three, if yeah. not winning it. Yeah, he's, he's that good. He's that good. And he's a good all-rounder. Like He wrestles with the pro team. 
He does the striking with the pro team. He's there six days a week. He lives and breathes it. You know, and I've done this before where I've said this kid could be the next thing and the drink and the, the women come <laughs> along and, and, and priorities change. But I, I think this kid at 15, he's got a mindset which is unbreakable. You can't break him, you know. He's, uh, I think he's destined for great things, Johan. And if he stays on this path, he could be one of the biggest names out of the UK yeah. ever, I think. Well, that's great as well. And that's what he needs to hear like from you, isn't it? Because it's so easy. I know what it's like when you're 18. Like like you said, women, drink, that's all you're interested yeah, in, isn't it? It's, it's, it's all about choices. I've had some of the most gifted athletes come through our door over the last 10 years, which if they had applied themselves, they would be in the UFC or at least making a, a career out of the higher level of cage warriors or, or, or one, of the, one of the other big promotions. But it's about what do you want? I, I can't make them not go out on a Saturday night. I can't make them not go out on a Sunday night. I can't make them turn up to every training session. You know, when they mates are having a, a party, you know, like, I, I hate to use Jack as a, an example because he's my son as well, but his birthday is in February. He's never been able to go out for his birthday, ever, <laughs> because he's always had a fight. Since yeah. 16 years of age, he's had a fight lined up in March. So he has never sell. He's always been dieting and training for a fight. That's that's discipline. I can't, I can't coach that to somebody. Somebody's got to have that inner desire to think, I'm going to give up everything. Um... Because the end goal is this, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to have a career for the next 10 years doing something I enjoy. How many people say they enjoy going to work? Not many. No, not, not many. many. Few and far between. How many people go, I'm off to work today, I can't wait. I'm yeah. going to have a great laugh, get paid for it. It doesn't it, happen. It doesn't it? happen. You know, you know, and the old adage is, if you find a job you love, you'll never do another day's work in your life. Uh, yeah, that's and, so true. and this is what, we have now got an opportunity for these young boys. If they apply this half correctly, I keep saying to everybody, the sacrifice now, by the time you're 29, 30, you'll have that much money in the bank, that much fame and fortune. You walk in a restaurant, you won't have to pay for a meal. You know, you're going to live the high life for the rest of your days. Your family's successful. Your family's looked after. Your, your, your kids, if you're looking to have kids, they're going to have a comfortable lifestyle. It's there for them. But unfortunately, um, some still have that small valley mindset. So they would rather go drinking. They would rather not turn up, you know what I say, you know, and some of these lads are still working, so it is difficult, and I appreciate that, so they've got a daytime job, so they've got to get up in the morning, go and do their run and strength conditioning, go and work eight hours, come to the gym then, they've got me on their back, screaming and shouting, barking orders, and I understand it's tough, particularly on a November, if you've been working on a building site, and it's pissing down with rain, and you're freezing cold, and then you've got to get yourself motivated to come and, and spar and train hard for an hour and a half, it's tough, but... You've got to make your choices. Is this a lifestyle you want to pursue? Yeah. Or you want to make that sacrifice. Josh Reed works full time. Nobody trains, you know, trains harder. The kid is not had the rub of the green, but his attitude, you know, he's come back from losses. He doesn't sell. He's back in the gym within a week. And if everybody had like Josh Reed, Josh Reed's mindset, I'd have a team full of champions. Yeah. But unfortunately, over the last ten years, fighters have come and gone that have got all the athletic attributes, but not the mental attributes. So give me a fighter. There's a little bit less gifted athletically, but he's got a strong mindset, you know. That's where um, it's at. And I can I can coach that person and put them in a position where they can achieve their dreams. But the, the, the athletic guy that's got a mindset of, I'd rather go and have a beer on a Friday. So I miss Friday's grappling class. And I'll, I'll leave Saturday now because I'm a bit hungover from Friday. I'll have a drink. Or I'll go out Sunday now because I've got a hangover. Or I'll miss Monday because it, it doesn't work. And it, it, it creeps a, in. Yeah, there's, a, pat, it, there's a pattern to it. There's a pattern to it. I... Well, I know, like, I wasted, I don't say I wasted it because it's experience and as life goes on, you take these things and move forward with them. But yeah. 
like just a a confidence thing of saying I don't want to go out and get pissed this weekend. It was more like you just felt like you had to fit in, and it. Yeah, of course. So and, you know, and, and it is tough. And I mean, oh, Jack's got a good circle of friends. He's got a lot of lot of rugby guys that he's been friends with since six years of age, and they, they you know, good few party boys here. And don't get me wrong, the last couple of weeks he's had a few nights out with them. He's got drunk, and that's great because he's got nothing coming up. But he's still in that gym every day of the week, even though he's had like the the weekend. And what will happen then? He'll have Christmas. He'll take a week off of Christmas, and then. January, bang, he's focused. And yeah. Nothing else matters other than that fight. Yeah, and they get paid well for it. This is the other thing, you know. You you're earning in in a in a fight while some of the other guys that are in the factory are earning in three, four, five years of wages. Yeah, you know, come mad. on, lads! If that's not motivation enough for you to think right, that's what I need to get that next step where the money is. I don't know. I wish I'd had these opportunities. When I know, I, was a I kid. bet. Yeah, you I was going to say. Yeah, but it, there was. You know, you were signing for the UFC. The guy signing for the UFC in the early two thousands. I think when I'd done the Dan Hardy um, interview, I can't remember if he said if he said he was on three and three on his first fight. Yeah, yeah. Dollars as well, that is mine, yeah. you know. It, it's peanuts, isn't it? Because the reality is you're going in, you know, you're going into a into an octagon and you, it's not for everybody. People say, oh, yeah, you know, it's not for everybody. You've got to have this mindset where you think, the guy over there now is going to try and knock me out, choke me unconscious or snap a limb because his objective is to win this yeah. fight and earn more money than I'm going to earn. So it takes a, a certain character, and that's what I like about our gym is that MMA is not for everybody. We've got the jujitsu route, or we, we've got come and do the pads, and you haven't got a spa, or you know we've got the wrestling. We can enjoy have a really good workout without getting punched in the face. Or if you don't want to compete in jujitsu, don't matter. You still come train. You still get your belts over the years as long as you're training persistently, yeah. you know, persistently and consistently. I encourage um, competing, even if it's only a jujitsu match, because it's a martial art and. You know, one day you may have to deal with a street situation and that adrenaline dump. Like I said, you were my first ever competitive belt. I was terrified. Yeah, yeah. You know, if that had happened on a street situation, somebody had come up and challenged me, I'd have probably turned around because I was never a scrapper. You know, it wasn't somebody who was out on the streets fighting as a young bloke. I was quite a nervous guy. I'd walk away from a situation. Never, ever would I want confrontation. But what jiu-jitsu has done for me is that you could bring the biggest, baddest man. And if he's got bad intentions for me, I'll I'll deal with it head on. But a lot of the times, because of the confidence I got in in grappling or fighting with somebody and usually talk that my way out that situation it leads you out of pe- it pe- people will pick up on a confidence yeah you know people will pick up i know you carry yourself as well you know I'm, if if you've got the ability to walk into any environment and think well i could beat any man in this in this building you don't need to puff your chest out you don't need to be staring yeah, at people yeah. you don't need to be the loudest you don't need to be the one grabbing attention what you'll find is jujitsu it, it it, create, it it really develops you as a human being. And I know it's, it sounds cheesy, but it, it does because you're mixing with people you would not normally mix with in, 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 in normal life. Um, and to have somebody like 15-year-old Yohan choke you to the point that you've tapped. And, you know, if I hadn't tapped, this was a real, he'd have ended my life. <laughs> it's and he's You know, it's a humbling experience. And, and also as well, it, it shows you you're not made of glass. You know, um, what was the film? Um, Green Street, is it? Where he goes, yeah, you why are you not afraid to fight? Once I've, once you've had one or two fights, you realise you're not made of glass. And it's true. Yeah. You know, human beings have had resilience taken off. We're too soft now. Everything is, oh, it's a softly, softly approach. You know, back in my day, if he was out of order with one of the older lads, they'd crack you around the ear, make your nose bleed, <laughs> and you wouldn't open your mouth to an older generation guy again. Today, there's no respect levels. And I just think everything is, you know, there's a reason why somebody behaves like an arsehole. There's a reason why somebody's down sometimes you've got to look at the bigger picture thing society in general we're not where we were 10 years ago and it's going to get worse I see it in school it's definitely getting softer 
as time goes on, and, yeah. I, and I don't see... Because everyone's worried about being politically correct, aren't they? Agreed. Also, the disrespect, you know, with the police, you know, and the police haven't helped themselves over the recent years, don't get me wrong, but still, when I watch these youngsters, you know, I've been in... I think, God, God, if I'd spoke to a cop like that 15, 20 years ago, he'd have hit me off my feet. Yeah, not allowed you now, know, right? Not allowed to, you know, when the way they speak, then they've got no fear of... Con- there's no consequences no more. You I mean, there's stabbings the other week in Cardiff. You mind my words, these lads will go, they'll have their day in court, and I guarantee not one of them will have be any longer than 12, 18 months. They'll be back on the street in six Crazy, to eight yeah. months. There is no consequence for any poor behaviour anymore. The, the prison's overrun. There's people in there, you know, for tax fraud. For, should they really be in prison? Even cannabis suppliers, you know, I, I don't smoke cannabis, but I've got no issue with anybody. It's, it's a it's a plant that's been grown. If people want to smoke that, I think it's a choice, isn't it? Yeah. Do we really need to be putting these people in prison? Because there's there's no room anymore for the real criminals. So you can go and stab somebody, um, and maybe get six months, yeah, tw- I, I, twelve months. And now you're in that that knife two inches one way or the other could have ended somebody's life. The I intention me, was there the as well, isn't it? Let, let me give you an example of what's happening in today's society. I won't name names. There's a gentleman I work with, uh, and I won't name names out of, out of respect for him and his wife. But his wife was jogging down um, by the river in Grange in Cardiff last Wednesday. Yeah. And a guy has jumped out of the bushes at quarter six in the morning and has grabbed her by the neck and tried to push her over the fence down to the river. This is a true story. So she's a fit, athletic girl. She screams, she's kicked, she's punched, and she's took off. She's run probably 50, 100 yards when she was telling me, and she's had a panic attack, so she can't breathe anymore. This guy is steaming up behind her, off his nut, screaming, you're going to effing die, you're going to get effing raped, I'm going to put you over that fence, don't stay there. She's run again, They've she's gone like another 50 yards, there's a guy walking, she says, can you help me, this guy's going to attack me. He's turned round, the guy's gone after the two of them, he says, right, my, my office is around the corner, come on. As they run in this direction, there's another female jogger running towards the lunatic, <laughs> they've stopped her, said, don't run down there, this guy's chasing us, he, he's going to yeah. attack They've run in the Holiday Inn because the guy is, is gaining ground, still screaming, I'm going to rape you, I'm going to kill you both now. They've run in the Holiday Inn, they've locked the doors, the manager has called the police. This is last Wednesday. So if you imagine now, it's like six o'clock in the morning. She's rung her husband, who I work with. He's got three kids in the house. He has then had to arrange somebody to come and get the kids so he can go and be with the wife. When he gets there, she's that distraught and in a bad state. He rings the coppers and goes, listen, I'm going to take her home, this is the address, we'll meet you at the house. We are nine days on, and the police have not arrived at that house. They've done the odd phone call. They rung him last week in the evening. Now, for me, surely the guy's DNA is on her. Yeah. Right? DNA's definitely on there. So why have they not turned up, took your tracksuit, put it in a bag? Got, I'll guarantee this guy has been in trouble before, 100%. Right? So the DNA will log, log on to that. They've not taken an interview. So she's not really given a full statement of how he looked like, you know, things which you remember at the day of day of the crime. They've rang on Tuesday, oh, we've checked the CCTV, he's got his hood up, we we, we can't identify him. Uh, so he's put a complaint into the police, the proper complaint yeah. service with the police. Now, on the other hand, last Saturday in Ablary, there's six coppers going around every pub to make sure that everybody's social distancing. What's more uh, dangerous? Has the like... world gone mental? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look at the videos that we're doing around during the, the English lockdown where there's 15, 20 coppers turning up and going into a gym because the guy has got a pe- couple of people training there and they're arresting people because they've opened up their business. They've, the world's gone mad. There's a guy 
under a different set of circumstances, may have taken somebody's life or raped a woman last Wednesday, and he's still on the loose. But we, we, we'll make sure that the pubs are not overcrowded. That's, that's the key. You know, and I just think world has gone mad. World has gone mad. We're dealing with minute problems oh. over the big problems. It's like, it's just picking away at something yeah. and not actually dealing with the problem. I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Um, uh, I can't remember if it was James English or Sean Atwood. I'm, I'm big into my podcast. I yeah, yeah James English class. And um, there was a an ex-copper on there and he was saying like, they were encouraged to pull young black males in um, London, uh, in the south of London, because it was always a good chance they'd have some cannabis on them. In their mind, this is what they were thinking. There was certain... So then it would help the arrest figures because they're all governed by figures now. Yeah. E- everything, schools, police, they're all governed by, f- by st- you know, they've, they've got targets to achieve. It's ridiculous. You can falsify that Listen, so easily. there shouldn't like be it. a target on crime. You shouldn't go, let's make sure we have 100 arrests this year. If you have two, I mean, society's doing all right. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. you know. So then these poor lads, not bothering anybody, they've got a bit of cannabis on them, they're smoking a bit of weed, doesn't, you know, that doesn't make them a criminal or, or, or you know, Somebody that's out to do any harm to anybody, but we'll put these guys in prison. Yeah, you know, and we'll fill up the spaces, and and we'll concentrate all the police on it because that helps us. So I still can't get my mind round that this, this this friend of mine has not been interviewed. Well, imagine now, like if I told that story to somebody, I bet nine out of ten would think he's making that up. How does she feel right now? Because it's stress. She's, yeah. she's, she's she's upset, scared. It's, it's it's knocked her confidence, not my confidence in the police. I'll be honest with you. I once got told I, I worked as a retained fireman once, and the the chief fire officer said, listen, mate, if we ever have any problems in the house, burglars, ring 999 and say the house is on fire because within 10 minutes, four burly men are going to turn up at your door. You ring the police, it could be an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah. And I took that, to, I'll take that to the grave with me. So if I ever get burgled, I'm ringing, Can you, I, I've got a burglar, I think he set fire to the house. <laughs> uh, mate, it's so true. Like, I see it, you see it all the time. Like, I don't know if you watch, like, any of these programs, like, ah, oh, fucking hell. Border force, like any of these things, yeah. Like um, nine nine nine. Yeah, all yeah, that. I, I, yeah. Every now and again, like stick that sort of stuff on. I enjoy it. It gives you. It's real life. I enjoy it. I think it's real life. Same here, and like the paedophile hunter and all that. Yeah. And you see him catch these people who are blatant like scum of the earth, and they're given like Mate, six months. Don't start, and man. I'm like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? Like, it, we watched one uh, back back a couple of weeks ago. And this um, traffic cop has pulled over a guy on the motorbike. I don't know if you've seen this one. So he's got his body cam on, and obviously the front of the police car films. And the guy's gone off. Why are you pulling me? He says, no, mate, you've come up on my, what's it called, the APN, isn't it? ANPR. ANPR. He says, it's saying that you've got no no insurance. If you can just provide the insurance, you're on your way. And and it was a young cop, but I'd have said 22, 23, not, not, you know, not physically imposing in any way. And the guy's getting more and more aggressive, getting more and more aggressive. Look, right, in, in a moment now, I'm going to have to ring for backup because you're becoming aggressive. All of a sudden, now, the, the, the biker has, like, rugby tackled the carpet <laughs> of the floor. He's in, like, in between sides, what we call guard in, in fighting terms. He's headbutting him. He's punching him. There's two citizens have, like, run across, have, have tried to restrain him. So there's three of them holding on to him. He's done this call. They do a call when you really believe your life is at the risk. I can't remember. It's a call that goes up. Uh, I've heard it. I can't yeah, remember. So I think it is. As it was, a community copper has happened to come around the, the street. He's run down. So there's now four of them. This guy is he's punching him. He's trying to bite him. He's trying to head back. And it's it's on video. So I'm, I'm sat there. My missus going, cool, this guy's in trouble. He's going to have five, six years for this. right? Because he always give the sentence at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. Suspended sentence. Oh, that's nuts, isn't it? So, like- <laughs> and provoked attack on the police. And like they, they, they've interviewed the cop after, and he's like, "Yeah, I was expecting a custodial sentence, but you know, at least he's been convicted." And of what, like, in a, like uh, of what, <laughs> of what? Now, 
that mindset of that guy is, I'll bang another cop, but they don't put you in jail. This is why I deal with, with, with some of the behavioural with kids. So in school, something serious will happen, they don't get excluded. Or they've been arrested outside and they put them on a six-week educational programme. And they'll come in and go, oh, I think I see, sir. You know, what, what are they going to do? They, they, they make us go on this course and they take us they take us paintballing. Or, you know, there's a reward if you, if, if, you know. Yeah. Which I understand the logic behind it, but sometimes you need that, you know, like they used to do back in the day, a short, sharp shock. You know, don't put them on a youth offending course where they sit over a table and they discuss. So so why did you mug that that, that fella and take his watch in the middle of the car? And say, no, have him out, put him out, put him into some hard task and some hard labour and painting fences or going around some old woman's house and saying, right, well, what do you need doing? There's so many positive ways you could deal with these kids and educate them and get them in. But no, what happens is they fall into the mindset. I got youngsters saying to me, what are you going to do when you leave school? I'm going to be a drug dealer. Right, point blank, that's what, that is their career aim. Right, you're going to be a drug dealer. Listen, you're going to end up in prison. It's not a successful story. Go through the history of, of time. There's always something is going to go wrong in this yeah. career, in this career. Yeah, yeah, but um, John from from Ely, he's driving around in a twenty five grand car. I know he's pulling about fifty grand. He's only ever done twelve months in jail, so I'll, t- I'll take twelve months in jail because I'll earn fifty grand a year on the rest of it. And it's difficult to break that mindset. I don't condone. It's kind I don't of true condone, as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't condone the drug dealing and all the rest of it. But I understand that these kids are coming from backgrounds where. Mum and dad have got drink and drug problems and there's no no money, you know. They don't have a coloured television in the house and they haven't got an Xbox like some of their friends. Then all of a sudden they can pop out on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday and earn 200 quid a night. You know, I, I'm not calling them, but I understand how they end it's, up it's in this life. It's normalised for them, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah. And because of the softly, softly approach, they constantly think they'll get away because there'll be no consequence, there'll be no consequence, there'll be no consequence. The reality is like last Saturday in Cardiff, the consequence is somebody's going to stick a knife in you because yeah. you're in that circle and you're in that, that, that lifestyle. You know, and until I think we start putting the right people in prison for the right reasons, not average Joe because he's fiddled some tax. I you know, know, yeah, it's not. It, 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 it doesn't make sense to me. But until we start putting some more firm, hardened consequences in, I, I just think the youth of today is going to get worse and worse and worse until all of a sudden we're at a point of no return. Yeah, and like, yeah, what, what do you do at that stage then? And it because it, it's definitely. I like to think things are going to turn around, yeah. like personally, you know, look at it positively. I, but I would love for everybody to have to come and train in an MMA gym. Yeah, because like I said, we got all walks of life there. They can talk to the guys that's been to prison or the boys that were living the wrong lifestyle. Um, they can look at somebody. You know, I, I, you, we, we got a lad, really talented guy with us, Grant Elliott, who was a school teacher. And oh, Grant, Grant's a school teacher because he's such a savage on the mat. They can't believe it. He said, "Yeah, he's a school teacher." So you you could do that. You yeah, know? And, and we got a real good program in with the youngsters where. We've had some tearaways, but they're really doing good things now and positive things, yeah. and they've got good people around them. But unfortunately, and it hasn't got to be MMA, you know, it can be anything. But like, like what happened to the youth clubs and, oh, mate, you, yeah. you know, these type of things? And when I was a kid, when you'd done PE, when I was in secondary school, you'd have one or two people didn't do it. Today, probably half the class doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Because it's a nation of sat on their bed playing Xboxes, not encouraged to go out. They, 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 they're not out... Plus, today's society has changed. You know, would I let my kids up the park maybe at eight or nine now? I probably wouldn't, you know. But it's trying to get that balance right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's trying to, like, turn it around at some point where there is trust in the community and everything. Like, my youth worker, when I was growing up, like, uh, Mo, you remember Mo Alden, you? Like, yeah, she was, like, for me, like, I did, like, my work experience there for school and everything. Yeah. And, like, that really, it was, like, a proper insight of, like, what's possible and all. And she was really helpful and... Just having someone like external be, yeah. be able to guide you yeah, like really agree, helps agree. and like they're just 
like like you said, the youth clubs are closed down. Like I, I I've done it from experience. When I was like I was fifteen, I was up to no good. Um, I didn't have I didn't have a father at the house. I was in with my mother and my sister. I left to my own devices, to be honest. Um, I'm probably in with some dodgy characters, and and all of a sudden you're at this crossroads. So I could have gone there. I never had no money. Do you know what I mean? So the boys would go shopping. They jump on a bus. We go to Blackwood, and they'd be buying. I think, Christ, I haven't got no money. Do you know what I mean? But so I never had a penny. You know, my nan would chuck us, and I'm not knocking my mother for that. You know, she had two kids to bring up. Was trying to keep a roof over our head. So I remember seeing a local businessman, and and th- this man is still somebody that's, that's a really good friend of the day. And I, I think probably if I had never met him or been given the opportunity, I, my life could have been a lot different to what it is now. So he, he was running. You know the arena nightclub I'm on about that um, yeah. we had the first gym in. It was a snooker centre before it became a nightclub. And he was the owner. So I said, have got any jobs? His name's Pete Ferguson. Any jobs? What are you going to do? How old are you? I said, I'm 15. What are you going to do for me? I goes, uh, he's from Leicester. So he's got this like broad Leicester accent. Goes, what are you going to do for me, boy? I go... I don't know, I'll come and wash your glasses in the pub. I don't know, I, don't, I just said, tell her what, I'll give you a job, he said. I'll give you a job for your cheek, yeah. He said, can you work Friday? I said, yeah. He said, you got shirt and tie? He said, well, i got my school shirt and tie. <laughs> Controls. He goes, oh, it's no good, it's no good. He said, um, I'll get you a shirt. He said, you'll pay me back out your wages. Oh, all right, so he knock on the door and he stood at the door and fair play, he gives me his shirt. So I turn up for work and I've got a pair of my school trousers on, I've got this shirt and I've got a tie and I've got my white socks on and my black shoes. So I turn out, yeah. Yeah, if you go on your feet. I said, what do you mean? Can't wear white socks with black trousers and black shoes. That's, <laughs> that's got to change. I said, don't own no black socks. I, buys me some socks. So start doing this job. It's six quid a night, which for me back it was a fortune. So I'm collecting these glasses and washing them. Gives me six quid in the paper. Do you want two nights? Oh, two nights, 12 quid a week. Yeah, brilliant. So he, he was aware of who I'm around and, you know, it's a small community. Everybody knows. Pulls me out. taking taking drugs. I wouldn't take advice, but there was there was boys in our circle that were, you know, it wasn't big back then. It was cannabis, bit of weed. No, no, no. Right, let me tell you, I catch you taking drugs. I promise you, he said, you, this job will come to an end. I'm not having. And he just took me under his wing, you know, and gives give, give me some like advice about being a man. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah. uh, if there was a night out with the doorman and all the people that worked in this club, he would take me at fifteen. Um, then give me three nights. And when I'm on hindsight, he was probably looking out for me thinking, if I give him three nights, he's not hanging around on the foundry bridge and mingling with the wrong people. Then he gave me a pay raise. Then he put me in a... And, and taught me a little bit of self-value about, like, working hard, you have a reward. And, uh, you know, there's ways of making money without getting into trouble. You know, I could quite easily be out there shoplifting and um, robbing and, and nicking, nicking cars at 17. You know, I've got a group of friends that were, were, were making a good living out of, out of stealing yeah. and ringing cars, you know? So... I try and use like my experience with him as well. I'm trying to be with these youngsters as they come through, and I'm trying to just guide them in the in the right direction. But I often believe that you know, if I hadn't met Pete, and I see Pete weekly now, he lives just on the road from me, and we have a laugh and we remain friends. And I could tell you some stories that you wouldn't want to hear, you know, as well. But sure, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> um, he was he was a he, he was a tough, rough and tough wheeler dealer type of guy, you know. But he, he wanted best for me, and I'll always always respect him and thank him for that. Um, but that's the case now. I was very fortunate that somebody took me under their wing and pointed me in the direction. And a lot of these kids don't have that. You know, a lot of these kids that I went with, they've not got a father figure. Or if they've got a father figure, he's not the best role model in the world. And I just think as a gym or as a, a sporting index, there's so many older guys that can take the youngsters under their wing and, 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 and keep them in the right direction. And I think that's what's lacking now today in, in society. 
And also the word no. Say no to people, you know. Can I? No. No, yeah. it's, not, it's not a bad thing. You know, too easy with handing things out, you know. How many parents? Oh, can I get on the Xbox? No, no, you've I'll go on it. One more, one more. You give in too easy, and it's human nature, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to be cruel to be kind. And like, for me, you know, I haven't got. I'm not responsible for anyone or anything. But like, you're responsible for yourself. Yeah. And it's easy to do that to yourself yeah, as well. Agreed. You know, agreed. like it's easy for me to oh, sit down and scroll on my phone for hours and whatever. But I'm like, I need to earn these things. Like you know, because yeah. otherwise you don't have no respect for yourself. Or and like. That's what people need to have instilled. And, and, and that's the problem. Nobody takes responsibility. It's always a reason for bore behaviour. There's a reason why you say, no, take responsibility. You made that choice. You know, I've had some, I, I've got, I've been in trouble, mate. I don't, I don't pay up to be anything. I've been in some serious trouble and I've held my hands at the time going, that was my choice. I made, I made that, I made that decision. You know, I don't look to blame anybody, um, but you learn from it, you know, and I've had a tough old upbringing, a tough old life. I don't think, oh, you know, would you change? No, I wouldn't change anything because it's, it's molded me as a man, you know, and it's also given me experiences where I can relate. Like when I'm working in the school and a kid's coming in, and he start, you know, some of these these teachers, and I'm not knocking them in any way or form, but they've come from a middle class family, so they've lived in a detached house in the suburbs, and they, they've never had to deal with the local drug dealers hanging around on the end of the street, and they've never had to deal with poverty. But I can relate to these kids and I can have these conversations, um, and it works. And I think that's why I've been so good at the job, do you know what I mean? Because there's nothing they're saying that's shocking me. And there's no, the majority of stuff, I, think, eh, I went through as a kid as well. So this is what I would do. You know, this is these these are people that can help you. But unfortunately in life, you've got to start taking responsibility. And, and, and the kids are today, they don't have to because they, they spoon-fed everything. Yeah, it's know? okay. It's going to be okay. It's, it's okay. Oh, he's, he's you know, he, he's robbed some couple in the middle of Cardiff and took their watch and their wallet, but it's not his fault, you know, he... He's come from a, a tough background, so we'll, we'll just yeah. cut him and give him some rewards. It, it breeds contempt. Like, there is, obviously, that has been caused by something, maybe. 100%. But, but let's address take, it. Let's address it? the yeah. problem. There's the problem. Maybe let's take this kid off his parents and put him in a family home with somebody who's going to look after him properly. Yeah. You know? So... But they need to still understand it's wrong, isn't it? You can't, it is wrong. It, you know, it is. And it... That's why we, we work well at, at, at the gym, you know. They can speak to Marshman that's been in trouble and turned his life around, you know, and had a career in the Army and a career in the UFC. They can talk to quite a few lads here that were on the wrong path but through the gym have now got really successful jobs. They can talk to people that were um, borderline going to prison and were given um, a suspended sentence and then made that choice to write, not going down that road. But the kids themselves, you know, you've got to, You've got to build them. Resilience is a key one for me, and it's a word I use in school a lot. I use it. There's no resilience. It's too easy. We'll have kids come off the offending service, you know, and they relapse. To the, I can't do no more. I can't do more. I can't do it. Just get on with it. It's tough. You know, see when they're, they're sitting in an exam, doing their GCSE, they'll write their name. I can't do it. Try. Give it a go. You know, you don't know until you, until you, until you try, yeah. but it's such a, a culture of, I'm going to give up. And that's not just in martial arts, or it's in life. You know, I'm not going to do it no more. It's too tough. It's too tough. Life is tough. Yeah, yeah. You know, have a bit of resilience, get your head down, tackle it head on, and let's move on. Totally agree with you. And I think you've got to build it in as well. Like, it doesn't just happen. Does it? Do you know what I mean? You've got to, like... No, it's... Like, like experiences create res- resilience. Yeah. I'm a great believer in that, and but dealing with those experiences we, as well. We, as a culture, have had it, like, so easy... That it's not like necessarily naturally built in, is it? Like, I watch loads of podcasts as well. Like, and like from watching them, I realize like how weak 
I've been at times and yeah, stuff. We, it makes you reflect. And of course it does. Of course so it does. every so often, like, I'll make sure I've got something really hard planned in, like an ultra ultra marathon or something. And, like, look at me, I'm no ultra runner, do you know what I mean? But, like, it's getting up and doing it. And, Test and, yourself. That, that was like, um, you know, when I started doing the martial arts, people go, oh, you never stick that, man. He's, he's, he's not a fighter and all the rest. And I had quite a successful, you know, uh, period, fighting MMA, fighting jiu-jitsu tournaments, you know, I won numerous titles. I think then that led to so many people wanting to come and train with me. Because, well, if he can do it, you know, it can't be that hard. Is probably what yeah. they were thinking. You know, he's 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 not some big burly, physically imposing guy that's smashing people out on the street left, right, and centre. And then he's he's turned his hand into fighting. I was like somebody who's never in trouble. You know, was afraid of conflict. I was a nervous. Like I said earlier, I was I was nervous about things. If it was a problem in the pub, I'd probably walk away from it. You know, I, I didn't want no conflict. But this is. It's just built me as a person. But those experiences then has learned me to think, well, like, do I want to spend the rest of my life being anxious, being nervous? No, let's, let's try a competition. And like I said, the, the, the buzz and the adrenaline off it, it was, it was better than any drug you could take. And I just wanted more and more and more. I, I, I buzz off a loss. As long as I'd done well and given a, a good... I think, well, I'm still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, 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 the sensation and the feeling that was second to none, you know. So that's why I think... It, and it's not going to be fighting; it can be anything. Push yourself. Go out of your comfort zone. We we we've got a saying up on the gym wall that says, um, "Comfort zones are where dreams go to die," and it's spot on. Uh, Marshman sent it to me once years ago and said, "Look at this," and I've lived and died by it. It's bang on. Take yourself out of that comfort zone. I tell you straight. When I'm in school and I've got to dress appearance, I hate it. Right? If you said, "Right, Rich, you're going to stand in front of two thousand people now and and speak about the UFC and speak about," I could sit there and I. Uh, Ask me to stand in front of a group of parents and talk about like the behaviour policy. I start sweating. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to keep my, stop my legs shaking and you know try to keep my voice from standing. But I've done it a few times and you know it's, it's, it's running the mill for me now. But becomes when, normal. When I first started doing it, honest God, I, I sweat me dripping on my chin like I just done 20 minutes on the running machine. Yeah, but because I was uncomfortable. But you know you, you've got to put yourself in these pressure situations in life. You know, do things, you should once a week do things that you're uncomfortable with. I think so, yeah. As long as it's not impacting or hurting anybody else, you know. But still do things, you know. Think of something, think, oh, don't really want to do that. But try it. Try uh, it. Well, I always feel like there's, there's like a line in there. And once you go through that discomfort, that's where the benefit is. Yeah. Like if if I go to training and I'm just going up to that line, I'm not really gaining anything. Like no, it, agreed. Agreed. No. I've travelled all around the country. There's a lot of people, you know, there's a, a stigma with people from certain gyms won't go to other gyms. Well, I've travelled all over Europe. I've gone to Sweden. I've walked into a jiu-jitsu club. And I've got no ego. I'm a 49-year-old man. If some young person about submits me, I don't go from thinking, oh, God, God, I'm a black belt. It's, it's age. It's, it's physical disabilities in my knees and my shoulders. But I, I don't have an ego. And I'll go anyway. And, I, and I'll jump on the mat and I'll spar with everybody. Because, again, it's taking myself out of that comfort zone. You know, I can go to my gym and probably have not as tough an experience because the lads look after me a little bit. You know, they know my right knee will pop out if you push in a certain <laughs> direction or they'll they'll think, well, he's 49, they'll get, he's still on the map, but we'll, we'll take it. You go to a, a gym that, that, that's unaware of who you are and you walk in there and you're wearing a black belt and let me tell you, everybody on that map wants to kill you, regardless of your age. Yeah, yeah, just I to went, try and get one I, I went to Sweden, Jack boxed in Sweden and I've done some internet research and I found this gym. So we travelled for like 14 hours, a killer trip. We've got to the... The hotel, I've said, right, I'm going to get a taxi, I'm going to go to this gym. And I've literally like, put my case down, he stayed there, gone a taxi, 20 minute drive. I've walked in, must be 40, 40 people on a mat, masses of brown belts and black belts. 
And I woke up the next day and I felt like I'd been in a real fight because yeah. everyone on that map wanted to, to try and submit me because I was from a different gym because I was wearing a black belt, you know. But those are the experiences of make and break you as a person. And I enjoy those experiences. I enjoy being out that comfort zone. I do enjoy a bit of confrontation. Not in a in a physical manner, but I enjoy it a bit, you know. Um, and if I lose it a bit, I enjoy it. I think, ah, he's, he's at me. Then, you know, we, yeah, I go yeah. away and, I'll, and, and reflect on, right, so I need to, I need to um, learn a little bit more about that subject then maybe. Because sometimes, you know, uh, we, we can all be a little bit opinionated and not really be experts in that field. If, if there's nothing left to gain, then there's feels like there's no point in it and there's always levels yeah so self-improvement yeah. like Listen, is, is no end i'm 49 years of age i go to every thai class with him i learn even though i'm 49 certain things i can't do because of my because of my injuries with my knees with kicks but i work as hard as any of the 20 year olds there and i treat myself as i do the 15 year old that's just come through the door and i respect him as the coach same with the wrestling Constantly learning off Carl, and even with my jiu-jitsu, I got two two instructors down in Bournemouth, in in, in Jimmy Johnson and uh, um, Michael Atkinson. When I go down there, I haven't been able to go down this year. Which, you know, we go down a couple of times a year, and I'm learning. I'm constantly evolving, you know. So I'm never in that comfort zone, never standing still. I'm always trying to trying to improve. And again, when I talk about trying to improve in jiu-jitsu, that should carry into life. You should always try to improve as a person. Yeah, you yeah, know. 100%. Um, it's been great for me working in schools around people that probably normally would never have been around, you know, and learned things off them and understood different ways of life. I'll be honest, working in Cardiff, I've, I've come across all different sorts of religions, different cultures, and and the last 12 years working in, you know, schools and and dealing with um, Sikh families or Muslim families, you know, Catholic families has really built me as a person because a lot more understanding on things yeah. in life, you know. So We are I, sheltered. I, yeah, we are. I think, <laughs> you know, I think it's important that we, we, we're always progressing, you know, and I, I'd like to think that I keep learning right, right until yeah. the day they put me in a box. Yeah, and I think that's, a, that's the best mentality to have, isn't it? Because you're yeah. never going to know everything. No. And uh, Sometimes my wife will tell you that I think I know everything. She knows yeah. everything. <laughs> she, she, she is right. I don't, I don't but, uh, she, you know, sometimes I get carried away a little bit. <laughs> right. Well, I think uh, we're going to leave it there, Rich. I think yeah. the time is uh, up. But thank you very much for coming no in, problem. mate. No problems. Thanks for having me in, mate. I'd, I'd love to catch up again in the future. And uh, do you we'll, want do, we'll do it again. We'll, let's get some fights out of the way and we'll have a little bit of something to talk about. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want to tell people where to find you. Um, um, we're based in Aberbeek in the Glando Industrial Estate in Abbot Leary. Uh, Show Mixed Martial Arts. We can find us on um, Facebook. Just type in Show Mixed Martial Arts. Um, Instagram, at Show Mixed Martial Arts. And Twitter is just myself at Richard Shaw MMA, I think it is. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No worries, um, mate. I'll, uh... Anybody interested in training, drop us a message. And like we said, we've got something for everybody. Kids classes 8 to 16, adult classes 16 and above. And if you just want to come and do some fitness, we got the, the you know a state-of-the-art fitness suite uh, and weights area. So pop in, have a look, and I promise you, if you, if you give it a go, it, it really will change your life if you come and give it 100%. Wicked, mate. Yeah, I'll chuck everything in the bio anyway, links to your page and yeah, everything. Yeah, appreciate so... that. They know where to find you, and thanks very much, mate. Cheers, Joe. Thanks, thanks man. Cheers, thanks, buddy. Experience Real Podcast.